Chapter 17 of The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus by L. Frank Baum. Christmas Eve the day that broke as klaus returned from his night ride with flossie and flossie brought to him a new trouble will knook the chief guardian of the deer came to him surly and ill-tempered to complain that he had kept glossy and flossie beyond daybreak in opposition to his orders yet it could not have been very long after daybreak said klaus it was one minute after answered will knook and that is as bad as one hour i shall set the stinging gnats on glossie and flossie and they will thus suffer terribly for their disobedience don't do that begged klaus it was my fault but will knook would listen to no excuses and went away grumbling and growling in his ill-natured way for this reason klaus entered the forest to consult Nasil about rescuing the good deer from punishment to his delight he found his old friend the master woodsman seated in the circle of nymphs ak listened to the story of the night journey to the children and of the great assistance the deer had been to klaus by drawing his sledge over the frozen snow i do not wish my friends to be punished if i can save them said the toy maker when he had finished the relation they were only one minute late and they ran swifter than a bird flies to get home before daybreak ak stroked his beard thoughtfully a moment and then sent for the prince of the canucks who rules all his people in bursey and also for the queen of the fairies and the prince of the riles when all had assembled boss told his story again at ak's command and then the master addressed the prince of the canucks saying the good work that klaus is doing among mankind deserves the support of every honest immortal already he is called a saint in some of the towns and before long the name of santa claus will be lovingly known in every home that is blessed with children moreover he is a son of our forest so we owe him our encouragement you ruler of the canucks have known him these many years am i not right in saying he deserves our friendship the prince crooked and sour of visages all canucks are looked only upon the dead leaves at his feet and muttered you are the master woodsman of the world ak smiled but continued in soft tones it seems that the deer which are guarded by your people can be of great assistance to klaus and as they seem willing to draw his sledge i beg that you will permit him to use their services whenever he pleases the prince did not reply but tapped the curled point of his sandal with the tip of his spear as if in thought then the fairy queen spoke to him in this way if you consent to ak's request i will see that no harm comes to your deer while they are away from the forest and the prince of royals added for my part i will allow to every deer that assists claus the privilege of eating my casa plants which give strength and my grawly plants which give fleetness of foot and my marbon plants which give long life and the queen of the nymphs said the deer which draw the sledge of klaus will be permitted to bathe in the forest pool of nars which will give them sleek coats and wonderful beauty 
the prince of the Knooks, hearing these promises, shifted uneasily on his seat, for in his heart he hated to refuse a request of his fellow immortals, although they were asking an unusual favor at his hands, and the Knooks are unaccustomed to granting favors of any kind. Finally, he turned to his servants and said, Call Will Knook. When surly Will came and heard the demands of the immortals, he protested loudly against granting them. Dear are dear, said he, and nothing but dear. Were they horses, it would be right to harness them like horses. But no one harnesses deer because they are free, wild creatures, owing no service of any sort to mankind. It would degrade my dear to labor for Klaus, who is only a man in spite of the friendship lavished on him by the immortals you have heard said the prince to ack there is truth in what will says call glossy and flossy returned the master the deer were brought to the conference and ack asked them if they objected to drawing the sledge for klaus no indeed replied glossy we enjoyed the trip very much and we tried to get home by daybreak added flossy but were unfortunately a minute too late. A minute lost at daybreak doesn't matter, said Ack. You are forgiven for that delay. Provided it does not happen again, said the prince of the Knooks sternly. And will you permit them to make another journey with me? asked Klaus eagerly. The prince reflected while he gazed at Will, who was scowling, and at the master woodsman, who was smiling then he stood up and addressed the company as follows since you all urge me to grant the favor i will permit the deer to go with klaus once every year on christmas eve provided that they always return to the forest by daybreak he may select any number he pleases up to ten to draw his sledge and those shall be known among us as reindeer to distinguish them from the others and they shall bathe in the pool of nars and eat the casa and grelly and marbon plants and shall be under the especial protection of the fairy queen and now cease scowling will knook for my words shall be obeyed he hobbled quickly away through the trees to avoid the thanks of klaus and the approval of the other immortals and will looking as cross as ever followed him but ack was satisfied knowing that he could rely on the promise of the prince however grudgingly given and glossy and flossy ran home kicking up their heels delightedly at every step when is christmas eve klaus asked the master in about ten days he replied then i cannot use the deer this year said klaus thoughtfully for i shall not have time enough to make my sackful of toys the shrewd prince foresaw that responded ack and therefore named christmas eve as the day you might use the deer knowing it would cause you to lose an entire year if i only had the toys that agua stole from me said klaus sadly i could easily fill my sack for the children where are they asked the master i do not know replied klaus but the wicked agua probably hid them in the mountains ack turned to the fairy queen can you find them he asked i will try she replied brightly then klaus went back to the laughing valley to work as hard as he could 
and a band of fairies immediately flew to the mountain that had been haunted by the Ogwas and began a search for the stolen toys. The fairies, as we well know, possess wonderful powers, but the cunning Ogwas had hidden the toys in a deep cave and covered the opening with rocks so no one could look in. Therefore all search for the missing playthings proved in vain for several days, and Klaus, who sat at home waiting for the news from the fairies, almost despaired of getting the toys before Christmas Eve. He worked hard every moment, but it took considerable time to carve out and to shape each toy and to paint it properly, so that on the morning before Christmas Eve, only half of one small shelf above the window was filled with playthings ready for the children. But on this morning, the fairies who were searching in the mountains had a new thought. They joined hands and moved in a straight line through the rocks that formed the mountain, beginning at the topmost peak and working downward so that no spot could be missed by their bright eyes. And at last, they discovered the cave where the toys had been heaped up by the wicked Ogwas. It did not take them long to burst open the mouth of the cave. And then each one seized as many toys as he could carry, and they all flew to Klaus and laid the treasure before him. The good man was rejoiced to receive, just in the nick of time, such a store of playthings with which to load his sledge, and he sent word to Glossy and Flossie to be ready for the journey at nightfall. With all his other labors, he had managed to find time, since the last trip, to repair the harness and to strengthen his sledge, so that when the deer came to him at twilight, he had no difficulty in harnessing them. We must go in another direction tonight, he told them, where we shall find children I have never yet visited. And we must travel fast and work quickly, for my sack is full of toys and running over the brim. So, just as the moon arose, they dashed out of the Laughing Valley and across the plain and over the hills to the south. The air was sharp and frosty, and the starlight touched the snowflakes and made them glitter like countless diamonds. The reindeer leaped onward with strong, steady bounds, and Klaus's heart was so light and merry that he laughed and sang while the wind whistled past his ears. With a ho-ho-ho and a ha-ha-ha and a ho-ho-ha-ha-hee, now away we go o'er the frozen snow, as merry as we can be. Jack Frost heard him and came racing up with his nippers, but when he saw it was Klaus, he laughed and turned away again. The mother owls heard him as he passed near a wood and stuck their heads out of the hollow places in the tree trunks. But when they saw who it was, they whispered to the owlets nestling near them that it was only Santa Claus carrying toys to the children. It is strange how much those mother owls know. Klaus stopped at some of the scattered farmhouses and climbed down the chimneys to leave presents for the babies. Soon after, he reached a village and worked merrily for an hour, distributing playthings among the sleeping little ones. Then away again he went, singing his joyous carol. Now away we go o'er the gleaming snow while the deer runs swift and free. For to girls and boys we carry the toys that will fill their hearts with glee. The deer liked the sound of his deep bass voice and kept time to the song with their hoofbeats on the hard snow. But soon they stopped at another chimney, and Santa Claus, with sparkling eyes and face brushed red by the wind, 
climbed down its smoky sides and left a present for every child the house contained it was a merry happy night swiftly the deer ran and busily their driver worked to scatter his gifts among the sleeping children but the sack was empty at last and the sledge headed homeward and now again the race with daybreak began Flossie and Flossie had no mind to be rebuked a second time for tardiness so they fled with the swiftness that enabled them to pass the gale on which the frost king rode and soon brought them to the laughing valley it is true when klaus released his steeds from their harness the eastern sky was streaked with gray but glossy and flossy were deep in the forest before day fairly broke klaus was so wearied with his night's work that he threw himself upon his bed and fell into a deep slumber and while he slept the christmas sun appeared in the sky and shone upon hundreds of happy homes where the sound of childish laughter proclaimed that santa claus had made them a visit god bless him it was his first christmas eve and for hundreds of years since then he has nobly fulfilled his mission to bring happiness to the hearts of little children End of chapter seventeen